Listen up, assholes. It's a dirty, dirty world out there. And I'm not talking about assholes. I'm talking about germs. Yeah, COVID, bacteria, jizz. And jizz is the new germs. Look, let's face it. We don't want to touch anything these days. It's gross. So be sure to use Jizz Off hand sanitizer. Because one spray wipes the germs away. Jizz Off hand sanitizer is made up of 75% alcohol. But unlike the others, Jizz Off doesn't dry out your hands. 300 sprays per bottle, made in the USA, and created by two women. That's right, ladies, keeping it classy and clean. So do yourself and your family a favor and protect them with sanitizer, masks, and wipes at jizzoffproducts.com. And be sure to use the code AHOLEPODCAST. Jizz is the new germs, so go to jizzoffproducts.com. That's J-I-Z-Z-O-F-F products.com and use that code AHOLE PODCAST. Don't get caught with jizz on your hands. It's embarrassing. Guys, we've all been in this situation. Last minute booty call, romantic evening with the wife, you got a manscape. You rush to grab that crappy razor. Ouch! Your weekend is ruined. That's why you need Smooth My Balls. Smooth My Balls is the next level grooming for the next level man. Introducing the Turf Chopper 2.0. The Turf Chopper has a premium alloy blade that glides seamlessly over those bad boys. And by boys, I mean balls. Never nip your sack again. It's also water resistant and easy USB charging. So you can plug it into your computer and multitask while tending to those testes. Order now at smoothmyballs.com and use the special code AHOLEPODCAST at checkout. Guys, don't keep the ladies waiting. Smoothmyballs.com and use that code AHOLEPODCAST. Hey, assholes, it's the big asshole, Doug Bass. I just want to take this time to thank everyone for listening to I'm an Asshole and subscribing to our podcast. If you love the show, do me a favor, tell two friends, and maybe they'll tell two friends. We're just trying to get the subscription numbers up and the downloads up, so I really appreciate everyone checking out the show. And don't forget to follow us on social media, at A-Hole Podcast. And if you want to watch the videos of the show, we got full videos on the YouTube channel, at A-Hole Podcast, or at Doug Bass Comedy. Do me a favor. Subscribe to that, too. Oh, guys, we got more assholes coming. Here's another episode. Thanks. What an asshole! Podcasting from Basshole Studios in Hollywood, California. California. You're listening to I'm an Asshole with Doug Bass. We've all been one, so let's talk about it. Now, here's your host, Doug Bass. He's an asshole, sir. He's an asshole. All right, everyone. I'm an asshole, and you probably are, too, in some capacity, if you're listening to the show. I thank you for listening to it. My name's Doug Bass. I'm your host on the I'm an Asshole podcast. Uh, Please follow us on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast fix. Fix yourself up and uh, subscribe. That way uh, you don't miss all the excitement here on the uh, Asshole Show. Uh, We got a great show today. Also check us out on Patreon.com slash Asshole Show. Follow us on Instagram at Doug Bass Comedy and Asshole Podcast. All those places. Just do it, all right? I'm tired of talking about it. Just do it. Thank you. All right. We got a great show today. Uh, Comedian and actor, the great Jamie Kennedy, 
is on the show. I'm really excited. Uh, we had a great interview. Uh, we sit down. We talk about all kinds of things, comedy, films, uh, Los Angeles, uh, our love for Los Angeles and the uh, current state that it's in. It's a depressing state, but we still love it. So we get into that stuff. Um, you know Jamie Kennedy from uh, all the big movies he's been in. So uh, enjoy the uh, interview. Jamie Kennedy, everyone. All right, we are here with the great actor and comedian, Jamie Kennedy. Jamie, how are you, man? What's up, bro? How are you, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, thanks for uh, giving us your time here to do the I'm an Asshole podcast. Appreciate it. Um, dude, are you kidding me? I love it, bro. <laughs> awesome. All right, well, Jamie, uh, we know you from great films like Scream, Scream, the Scream series. Uh, Bowfinger, Malibu's Most Wanted, Jamie Kennedy Experiment. Yeah. I mean, the list goes on. Um, it's good to have you here. I know we've talked in the past. Um, did you do a show tonight? Did you do comedy tonight? I did. I did a Zoom. How was it? Uh, it was great. It was really, really fun. That's awesome. Yeah, it was like a Tosh.0. Ben, ben Morrison, he has like a, he has a show called Super Funny, and then we put a lot of slides in and stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> well, it's cool that you're doing, uh, getting back into the stand up world. I mean, I know it's still Zoom with COVID and everything. Um, it's just a weird time uh, for stand up, I would say. I mean, you've been doing a couple outdoor shows, I see. Um, those probably are just as weird, I would say, but there's an audience at least, right? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's different, but it's actually kind of more freeing. Um, feels really artistic. You know, it's like how comedy should be. It's basically people are coming because they want to see comedy, right? They, it's not like, um, you know, Friday night, something to do. It's like, yo, let's see comedy. And yeah. They're finding out who they want on their social media and they're going to parks. They're going to carports. They're going to, I mean, the resilience of people is astounding and the creativity is also astounding. And the amount of people in our community that have opened up cool, creative shows are just, uh, yeah, they're incredible. It's, it's really people starting to think outside the box during this time. It's just, it's so crazy. It's like, you know, yeah, outdoor shows, uh, you know, drive-in shows where people are clapping, you know, plastic hands out windows and stuff. Um, yeah. Podcasts, YouTube. It's like this is these are all the things that are, like, keeping us creative people going, I would say, during this time. It's just. Um, yeah. It's just a great time for people. And I think these tools have really stepped it up, you know, the cameras and the iPads and the YouTubes and the road. If, you know all the equipment and, and it's just it's the, the roadcasters and yeah it's i it's, everyone's becoming a content creator not that they weren't before but they're really doing it yeah it's like people are focusing on it more um you know i mean myself included i've, I've been diving into this stuff uh lately um i'm really enjoying your your you know your podcast and youtube channel uh hate to break it to you with jamie kennedy go subscribe to that if you guys haven't yet um 
the YouTube channel is great. You got clips up there. I really like that you are um, like giving advice to uh, to your fans. Uh, you know, and aspiring creative actors, directors, all kinds of uh, different people. Uh, stories on there. You know how you get cast in Scream, working with Wes Craven. Um, there's just like so many cool like things that you're putting out there for content that people really haven't had access to before, you know, and now is a good time for you to like, just, just give out this information to your fans. So it's really cool that I see you doing that. Thank you. Yeah. You know, I just am kind of moved to do it, you know, like, um, I just have so many ideas, you know, I, I think that YouTube in the last 18 months has hit uh, critical mass. I know it's been around for 15 years. Um, yeah. And I was on it very early, you know, and I made some money early. That was when brands would pay you to do an ad. Yeah, they exactly. wanted to figure out, you know, like that was around Star Wars kid time. And, and you know, your agents, your managers, or whatever, like, you know, what are you doing? <laughs> this is public access TV. And, right. You know, but you, you would get these views. You'd be like, this is cool. And then I remember, like, this people have videos of me and they're getting all these views. I'm like, where's my fucking check? And then yeah. I like signed up and then they didn't really start the creative program until like 2010 or 2011. Yeah. And then I always had a channel, but I was still on my old system. You right. know And I mean? Look, I was, I was my space. It took me a minute to get on my space, but I was still early cause I was still trying to just do everything from my website. I was early with that. And I had a company build me my website, and I'm like, I'm going to charge a fee and all of this stuff. So I love autonomy. Yeah. But it was just the bandwidth wasn't there, and really the traffic wasn't there. And I think that what we see now is that YouTube is the second, the second number one, the second biggest search engine in the world. The world. Yeah. It's okay. like... People go there like like that is the new handbook for anything. Like I am on there like yes. I don't know how to fix this fucking thing. I don't know how to do this. Uh, how do I make this meal? Like just go on and there's a video like describing what to do and it's like it's amazing. <laughs> it it well it really is and um there's so much I can say with it but it's like I'm trying to think like a three prong system. R- remind me to bring this up. Creators today. TikTokers, what with YouTube and my ideas? If you can remember that, and I'm going to tell you all these ideas. So here's what it is. Let's see. I think it was in the Social Network or the Billionaires Boys Club, which was based on that book. And they said Mark Zuckerberg made everyone narcissists, and they go, "Mark's genius was not that; it was that he recognized everyone was a narcissist." And, you know, I wasn't on Friendster, but like I said, in 04, oh, I, I got on. That yeah. yeah, that was early. It's still kind of big in the Philippines. That's not a joke. Oh, wow. But interesting. But early on was MySpace. And before me, who's the earliest adapter is Tom Green. Mm-hmm. He was on MySpace early. And then I got on and I was like, celebrities or, you know, do people. Because it was like, you have to remember. There was no connection to your fans. You were like, yeah. you were a mystique. And I was like, you know, 
a thing. So I was like, the so then you're talking to real people, and people, people are like, well, well, this is so bizarre, and they're right. messaging you. People would have to like, like go stalk you, like or find you at a premiere or something like that. Hundred percent for you, yeah. A hundred percent, they couldn't get to you, and then they were able to, you know, instant message you, and it was like, whew. and so <laughs> obviously all of these things came and certain people popped on different platforms yeah. and you thought, okay, well, okay, that platform peaked and this one didn't. And, and now I think we're in a groove, like different platforms have made different people's careers, but now there are so many people and this is actually the tool. This is a, it's a phone. Yeah. It's headphone, YouTube, you have to use it. It is a, it is a tool, just like a camera. And we, I did a video today with a young creator, a really nice kid. And all these kids are 20, 21. And you know, some of them know me, some of them don't, but they don't mm. care about traditional media. They, 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 I told my, my, my producer, Kyle, he's the, best of both worlds because he understands the storytelling and the craft it takes to make a great piece of content. Right. But he understands how to not overthink that piece of content. Mm -hmm. And they do it now. My generation gets very much, you know, look, there's made great stuff, but we overthink stuff. The younger generation they just wants it right away. They just put and it out. They could, yeah, they could craft a little bit more. So that ha I'm trying to go on that happy medium, and what I'm trying to say is it's it's not going to go away. It, this is going to everyone is going to monetize themselves and talk about cooking or cars or style halls or medical advice or massage therapy or right. stretch labs or sex workers or cartoonists, whatever, all types of shit, and it's. It is critical mass, and I think it's only beginning. I know that sounds crazy, because in the last year and a half, my guy who was working a lot of big YouTubers, like it's it hit a new plateau. Yeah, I mean, there's so many like things now, so many apps, like the new one, like Clubhouse, like that's new now. Everyone's on that, and it's hard to keep up with all of them. I would say it's like it's like you either got to like dabble in all of them or really pick one and like focus on like trying to you know get the most out of that one i don't know like i don't i don't know i think you i don't know where the crack you dabble exactly you, you dabble. dabble and all you and you use them as tools yeah you know you twitter you announce something here right you, you and then you put a, a clip on your instagram and the main video can live on youtube right and then you can put other clips on tiktok which i do and then i'm gonna open up a twitch yeah and twitch look, is another one yeah I've been aware of all this stuff forever and I use some of it, but it's, it is a lot, but now that I have help, it's, it's, it's the way to do it. And I think, and what, what I wanted to say with my three pronger is, is that it's so much more enjoyable, dude. Like I have a big self tape tonight for a big show on a big platform. Nice. And I stopped to do this because Appreciate I, it. I, I can't control that. I like it, but it's going to go out in the fucking universe. It's like a scratcher. Right. It's like, yo dude, I'm me. I can make my own content. People appreciate me. Doesn't mean I don't want to play in traditional media, but the appeal is becoming less and less for me. And I'm wondering if that is just me or I'm an old man or if it's hitting critical mass because I just feel like a lot of people feel like that. 
Well, yeah. I mean, like, I, I'm more. I, I'm actually watching more stuff on YouTube these days than like Netflix or anything. You know, it's like it's like I'll watch stuff on those platforms, but like, like you said, like this is like stuff that's not going to be anywhere else. Like you talking about like a topic or like you know your favorite actor going on or comedian or whatever. It's like it's personal and it's it's, it's enjoyable and you know you're not going to get that on a Netflix or you know an HBO Max or whatever. It's going to be studio controlled and whatever whatever exactly yeah and it's like and what i like a, what i want to do on my channel is just really break down the fourth wall because right. i hate that bullshit i hate people trying to keep all the fake secrets that they're not even really fake about yeah you're, you know ge- I mean? you're being genuine on there and people get to see like a real slice of who you are and i i love it like you know like for myself like yeah like releasing like my short film that i did last year on there and just like like you just get it out there and people like immediately will watch it respond in real time and you can go back and forth and it's just like you don't have to go through the process of all the bullshit you know yeah it's it's the worst the bullshit is the, and by the way your short film you know it was amazing oh, I was such you. a fan Appreciate of it bro it i like beautiful i, I like the film that you made too uh, uh about la were you walking around black and white it was great what it was it was fun dude it was it was definitely inspired by you I and mean, it was a shorter version but yeah, man, I wanted to check out the places. Yeah, what but, I lo- what I loved about it was like you know, you know my film I shot like at the first week that LA shut down, and then like yours was like oh this is still going on. It's even darker now than it was last March. And look at this shit. Like look at look yeah like look at the places closed. Look at like all these people living on the streets. It's like it's like it's, oh, yeah. it's like a war zone almost and it's like you know you, you were down you're, you're in hollywood and i live near the arc light where you shot some of it and stuff and i'm just like i walk through there every day and i'm just like man when is this when is this coming back because i know you love la as much as i do and it's just it's sad man and it's it's a scary time for the city i don't know uh i mean i don't know like if anybody who who's thinking that la is not going to be LA. I think that's just crazy. It's, it's, it's going to bounce gonna, back. I don't know when. Of course. I don't know when. But I don't know when either. But look, I mean, it's going through a rough patch, and I haven't left the city in a year. Yeah. And I have no desire to leave the city. I don't want to leave it because I wanted to go on the road, but I feel safe here. I feel like this is my home. Yeah. And there's and and it's kind of a great time to be here you know obviously all that stuff is not great no but, but yeah being being there's a lot it's more open and it's people are a lot of people are leaving and i and i don't know why they are leaving but i don't either it's it's, it's actually yeah you're right you're right it's a great time to be here especially if you've lived here for at least 10 to 20 years i'd say you've seen the change that it's gone mm-hmm. through i mean you've never seen it quite like this but like you know, you appreciate there's no traffic. There's like, you know, it's quiet at night. There's like the air. It is. The air is like a little it is cleaner. It's very like, quiet. Yeah. It, it's, it's nice. Like in a, in a weird way. Um, it's just such a different city right now. And we'll ne- I don't think we'll ever see it like this again, you know, once it bounces back to what it's supposed to be. Um, so it's kind of like I cherishing don't... these, these moments of the city and taking it all in different ways. Yeah. But I don't know if, LA will be I think there's a lot of people that are actually kind of I don't know I want to say they're over LA I see this on YouTube a lot you know and there's people from the business that have left there's people from tech that have left there's other just 
normal families right. that have left. A lot of and people I have see left. Like a, yeah, yeah, I've seen like a disdain, but I mean, it, it hasn't been crazy. Probably like one hundred and fifty thousand families or something. I read, yeah. which is a good amount, but it's not going to make that big of a difference. No, but, but it's like the what, pro- the problem that they're having. It's like you know, either either they're frustrated that like everywhere else in the country is open, and you know, California and LA is not. But it's not. It's a lot not. Of, a lot of them are not. Country is not open. Some cities, and, yes, but not not a lot of it. Yeah. And and what are you going to do? You're going to go if you go to a city that is <laughs> that's open, but you're snowed in. No. Or you're going to a city where it's cold right now. You have to wait. Florida's open. Florida's open. Yes. I I went to Florida. I got COVID coming back, and you know <sighs> that, that that was back in yeah. October. You know, but um. Yeah, it's yeah. like Florida is open and you're going to risk, you know, getting infected. I mean, you can get infected here obviously too, but it's like yeah, Florida is 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 interesting because everything is open there. Some people are wearing masks, some people are not. Um, you know, I don't know. They're not taking it too seriously, I'll tell you that. Um, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> it's just, yeah, that's that's why, but I don't, you know, I think for the most part people in LA take it very seriously. Oh yeah, absolutely. And um and I don't know. I'm just. I think that LA is is has everything, and I just will never leave. No. Yeah. I I love it. Um. I'll always uh try to be here. I think. I I don't. I don't but see- so, to answer your question yeah. is, I do see different industries of people saying they don't have to be here yeah, to do that's- what they do. Just like New York is mm-hmm. saying that, and if people can work remotely. I still think Hollywood's hub's going to be here, but sure, there's a lot of productions, and most castings are Zooms and stuff. So right. that can make it different. But if there's sound stages here, shooting shows, you want to be there. But there's sound stages in Atlanta. There's right. sound stages in Louisiana. So exactly, maybe it will change. And that's and that's the thing. It's like people don't feel the need to be here because their their job is remote. They could be anywhere now. They don't want to pay the the high rent or you know trying to buy a house here for for the average you know Joe is definitely difficult. Um, so that's the one thing that I think is is turning people away from the city because they're like, why am I gonna you know spend this much money on a house and property tax when I can get this in some other city and still come back here. I don't, I don't know. It's like, but, but, but at the same time, the, the rent is so cheap now compared to, you know, what it used to be and the housing market as well. So it's a great time to like move here. If you've always wanted to, um, you know, mm-hmm. and just, just, you know, wait it out for things to go back to normal. I'd say, um, but it's that I love the city. Like I love the food. I love the, the people, the, 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 the places to go. Like, you know, you got the beach, you got the mountains an hour away. It's like, there's no other place like it. So it's like, if you do want to move to another city, go, you know, it's like us Angelinos, like, we're like, yeah, like the less that are here, like it actually makes the city great. Like when I, when I made that film last March and I was able to drive to every location in the city within 15 to 20 minutes, I was like, this is amazing. This, this city would be perfect if I could do this every time. Like that, that, that was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. It's insane, dude. It's, um, I'm all about it from the Santa Monica to downtown to up North. It's yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree, man. Yeah. Um, so the, um, the show is called, uh, I'm an asshole. Um, so what I like to ask my guests usually on the show is if they have a moment in their life that they may have been an a-hole, it can be an isolated incident, 
a chunk of time in your life. Maybe you're one now and you're dealing with it. Maybe someone thought you were an a-hole and you really weren't, but there was like a miscommunication. Anything along those lines, um, a story that you might want to share with the uh, with the listeners. Do you have you been an asshole a lot? Um, you know what I do? I I snap sometimes at people. Like I I'm a pretty nice guy, but I like lose my temper like in an argument or something, and I'll like snap at someone. But like, there's definitely. I feel like I feel like everyone has been an asshole at some point in their life. Even if there was something you did as a kid that you're like, oh, that was pretty shitty. Like, why did I do that to that kid or whatever? You know, like something like that. Like, I feel like we've all gone through some sort of like weird uh, either chunk of time in our life or even if it was just one time or something like that. I don't know if there's anything you can recall in your own personal life. I mean, I want to say that this episode is called I'm Not an Asshole. <laughs> But the problem is that people think you can be an asshole. Right. And and I think with my, you know, lot in life is, you know, it's taking me to about 50 where I'm at now to be like, not everyone's going to like you, you know, and I go out of my way to put my best foot forward. But there's definitely tons of people that probably think I'm an asshole and I try to make them not think I'm an asshole, but it's just hard because um, people get people have their own baggage. Right. So there are definitely times where I may have just said something to somebody and they thought I meant something else and they just took it like misconstrued. Oh, and I'm the yeah. fucking and they'll write about me on the internet. Oh, yeah. like he's a fucking asshole. And I'm like, I don't remember that meeting. Like, where did that happen? Or some. I'm, I was at Trader Joe's. I ran out too quick. I'm sorry, but <laughs> do you read a lot of like your fans like like writing like yeah? If there's trolls like coming after you with bullshit, do you read a lot of that stuff? Do you take it personally? Oh yes, yeah, definitely, mm-hmm. um, definitely read it. Uh, definitely take it personally, but it doesn't um, it doesn't hurt me as much as it used to, unless it's like you're vulnerable, like you really try to make something and. People don't like it. That's that. That's hurtful. But yeah, right. I mean, I mean, we're in this business. Anybody who says they don't read their shit is a is a liar. Uh, yeah, I exactly. don't believe that. Yeah. But in terms of an asshole, I think the times I've been an asshole is when, um, y- you know, when you're doing a lot. This our life, our business has uh, it gets very demanding. And I think the worst time I'm an asshole is in the morning. You know, yeah, you're not getting mor- up, not a morning person. You know, Oh, I fucking hate the morning. And having to do like radio or going to like press or catching planes. And so there's definitely some DJs that probably, I'm sorry, I wasn't the most lively. Yeah. Uh, There's definitely some airline, uh, you know, uh, attendants, ticket takers. I'm sorry too. There's definitely some uh, coffee baristas I probably was a little snappy with. So there's definitely yeah. a lot of people that I met in the morning. I mean this I is all say. this is all stuff before the caffeine kicks in really when you think yes. about it. Yeah, I mean But and in general I try to put my best foot forward but you know it, you, you're not a perfect person obviously but the problem is when sometimes when you try to do it people still think you're an asshole and you're like yo come on man I really went out of my way there not being an asshole. I could have been more of an asshole but you're still an asshole. So it's something, sometimes you can't win, but no, I yeah. apologize. No, you can't please everyone. And that's, that's a good way to look at it. And 
Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely times where it's like you you think you're doing the right thing, and then someone else thinks it's not the right thing, and you know, you just you just can't please everyone when it comes down to it, you know. Um, yeah. Has anyone uh, wh- who's like at a show of yours or something? Has there been like an asshole like in the crowd that like really stands out as far as like a a horrible memory like during a set or show or anything like that, like anything crazy? it's too crazy there's not like you know i did i made a whole movie about like heckling yeah and 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 i think one of the the hard weirdest times was a guy and and um i'll say his name i haven't said his talked about the guy in a while but his name was uh he was his name was peter grumbine and uh he wrote for like a hipster you know, magazine called Giant, and this was in the aughts, and he wrote, like, a review of my special or something, and it was like, this is, like, the Kennedy that should have been killed. Oh, my and, like, God. What? Pretty, yeah, pretty oh. aggressive stuff, like, and he's, like, a dude that, like, would shop at, like, Jet Rag and stuff, so yeah. I was making Heckler, and I was like, I gotta interview this guy, and so I knew where he was gonna be, and so I ambushed him with an interview on camera. <laughs> and then he was kind of freaked out. And then he was on camera with me. Oh, man. But then I found out later that he was a comedian. Oh, he was? <laughs> he was trying to be. So he was like, a, like he was like a reviewer slash comedian or whatever? Which is not. You can't be that. You can't, you can't do that. You're not. No, that's like being be a, a yeah. critic. You can't be a film a director and then critique other films like yeah, Roger Ebert or some it, shit. Exactly. <laughs> you either got to be in or be out. Yeah, and yeah. he was doing the both. And I was like, this, yeah, that, this is no. So I don't know where he went, but he was very, very, uh, ooh, he was hot. He did not like me. And that was, uh, he was, that was hurtful. I mean, but that's we, we, he was a good crux of that movie, but he was just, he just never broke. He never yeah. like said, any positive thing about me and I thought what did I do to this guy then I learned about it. it's like other people's things you know people just some people are not going to like you but it's like it's got nothing to do with you no it's exactly. their reaction it's, to it's, you. it's more yeah it's more what they got going on and they chose to pick a bone with you at some point or something like that um, you just don't yeah. you don't have to watch it you don't no, have to exactly it, but yeah there's a few people that troll me on my channel now. Oh, yeah, just yeah. YouTube is just it. built for that shit. I mean, yeah, you're welcoming yeah. that when you put yourself out there on YouTube for sure. Um, what about um, – don't you think the time is right for when this all is over for you to come back and start pranking people? I think the world is going to want that at some point again. I would think so, but um, my question is, is that are we going to be able to do it without getting canceled? That's true. Um, that is true. There's there's definitely, I think there would have to be a whole new department like added on to your show as far as like, <laughs> is this is this okay? Is this, you know, is this kosher to do it this one? It is okay. Yeah, I mean. People, people don't, people don't, dude, humor is out the window. So I yeah. post all those, those clips from the judge show, right? Yeah. And, and now that this one clip is kind of going viral, like, it's 10 clips deep and it's like blowing up in the views and mm-hmm. people are like, this judge is so mean. Why is this judge a bitch? She's not a very good judge. And like, not only do they not know it's me, right. they like think her tat and they think it's mean. And I'm like, dude, I'm dealing with like people with 
like the ability. I'm not dealing with not math majors here. Like right. I, the new group of people coming up in the world are like, yo, man, they can't read the room at all. Yeah. And not only that, how dare you enter that room? I know. It's it, it is yeah you're right it would be hard as far as like I, the one thing I think that, that the advantage would be is that everyone has been so shut off for like a while like you know just socially publicly that like if anything happened like once people started getting back into society they may not expect it's a prank so they'd be more likely to be like oh my god this is look look, look at this happening like this is crazy you know so like I think they'd be more by surprise but you're right it's like you're gonna offend someone or you're gonna get canceled or whatever and it's like. It's an interesting time for like all this stuff. It's like, yeah, you can't you can't pull a prank on someone and then they'd be like, "Well, you, you touched me or something fell on me or, you know, I, I don't know, like whatever well, excuse they want." I was really want. good about I was really good at like not touching anybody. Even that I knew. But like dude, people will say they got emotional distress. Like yeah. people will say that, you know, they uh you pull a prank in a bathroom and you can't take a shower. There'll be there'll be I lawsuits. Mean, I mean I mean Oh yeah. I'm sure these So I the world needs it, but um people can't handle it. Because yeah. but the, but it's gonna be a good divide because there's gonna be people that really want humor and then there's gonna be people that just dude, humor is under attack, dude. It's yeah. You, I don't. I'm not, I'm not kidding. Like I know. humor, the amount of people that take shit lit. Because think about it. All right. So you're a comedian, okay, and you see all types, okay. Well, uh, not only am I a comedian, I, I I'm I've been in it for a long time, and it, so if a if you watch comedy. The people that enjoyed comedy were people that liked to laugh. So you're drawn to comedy. And if you went to a comedy club or a comedy show, it's because you wanted that. And those were the consumers of it. And so you wouldn't hear any backlash because people are like, this is what I'm into. This is what I fuck with. Just like if you went to an ACDC concert and all this stuff. But now, because everybody has the talk back button. Yeah. There's you you see in the world how many humorless people there are. And so a lot of people don't like comedy because they don't get it. So the issue is maybe comedy only represented 0.8% of the world. Well now 99% of the world can be heard. Yeah. That's why it's fucked. I mean it's definitely going to have a rebuilding stage I would say as far as like yeah like what is appropriate what can we say like what are people going to react towards like when it goes back to like live shows like i don't know either people are going to be like really like thankful to be at like a live show at a club again Dude, or it's gonna no, be we're, like we're, we're talking about two different things i people love going out to shows yeah comedy, and they're very thankful comedy's actually thriving now in terms of this because people when they come out they're so into it what i'm saying is it's not what you can say it's that not only do people not want you to say something they tried to cancel you from ever saying anything again. Yeah. And it's a joke. So it's, it's not getting any better. It, this is not no. dealing with COVID. This has to do with, this no, has no. to do with humorless. Yeah. And, then, and then, and then if, if they try to like take whatever joke you said and it blows up and like, you know, you're going down that canceled road culture kind of thing. It's like, you can't even retract with some kind of like, well, this was a joke. 
this is, you know, it was meant to sound like this or whatever. It's like, it's like you're already like down this like shit show path and it's like, oh my God, how do I get back out of that? And then the, the internet is just taking over it at that point or whatever. And it's, it's, yeah, it's a tough hole to climb out of if you get stuck down that kind of thing, I would say. I can only imagine. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you got to be careful. It's just, yeah, it's even with like Twitter, it's like, yeah, it's like go back and you got to like think about like, did I say, did I tweet something? Did I say something? I don't know. Like, like how do you check your, yeah, your, your internet history of like something you said like, you know, five years ago or whatever, you know, even longer than that. I mean, it's, it's, it's scary. It's a scary time for comedy for sure. It's like a horror movie. It's like Scream. I mean, Jesus Christ. He, 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 he knows Scream, dude. People survive. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. If you get if you get killed, you're not coming back for the sequel. It's like your your career is yeah. done almost. You gotta you gotta reinvent yourself. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's but I think nice. we have to have pockets, you know, and yeah. people that consume it and like it and that's it. And it's that's the way it's been. I just it's never been there's always been pushback to art or artistic expression but there's never been this sweeping swath of a sword that can just cut so many things down oh, i mean yeah. so quickly and and big big corporations have never backed it so much so so it's like you know people be controversial but you didn't have like, you know, Clorox going, we are going to stop right. supporting that. You know, it's like, so it's like now like everyone, it's basically all money. It's people are scared. It's, they're going to lose money. It's all money. I mean the same thing. Like it's just like, yeah, like even like the Bruce Springsteen like situation, it's like, what happened there? Like he got, he got, a, I heard something. He got a DUI in November in Jersey. But uh, I heard he didn't even have a DUI. I heard he, somebody was like, he went over to fan, wanted to take a picture, yeah, so and the fan offered him a shot. That's exactly what happened. I guess he took the shot on his motorcycle, and a state trooper saw that happen and pulled him over and nailed him for you know a DUI. He blew like point two, which is you know Did nothing. He, and what's the illegal point point eight point oh eight something like that? So was he over the limit? Oh, no, he's way under, way under. So why would he get a DUI if you're under? Apparently, because because the the officer saw him take a shot and he didn't get off his motorcycle, that's technically uh, driving while intoxicated because he's doing he's taking alcohol behind a motor vehicle of some sort. Oh my god! So, so this cop had it in for the and for it's boss. and it's and it's a state park, so it's like not a regular like you know it's federal property or whatever. Um, so he got nailed for that as well, having like an open container in a state park or some shit. Um, but then the, what? yeah, so like, yeah, the cop had it out for the boss. Absolutely. Um, and the other thing that's interesting though, is this happened in November and that Jeep Super Bowl commercial that just aired like a few weeks ago, like was a big campaign for Jeep. And then like three days after the Super Bowl, this comes out, like the story comes out and then Jeep yanks the commercial off the air and says we don't condone drunk driving blah 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 and i'm like i'm like so jeep didn't know about this like during the you know production of the commercial what's the, bullshit. Jeep, what's the what's the jeep commercial it's bruce driving jeep around like the middle of the country it's a political kind of thing and he's like let's all meet in the middle he says something like that and it's you know i know we're di- i know we're divided but there's like a church in the middle of the country that everyone meets at something something like that but like 
it's it's crazy because they they would have lost millions of dollars if they had pulled the commercial after production and didn't put it in the Super Bowl. And they decided three days after to leak the story and then then yank the commercial. So like the fact that Jeep so wait, didn't the commercial know commercial aired during the commercial during the Super Bowl. during the Super Bowl, yeah. So they got the they got the. They got the they got the press, and then three days after the Super Bowl, this story about Bruce getting a DUI breaks, and then the commercial is pulled from from the internet or whatever you know. Well, from weren't TV. they supposed? To, were they going to keep the? Wasn't it just a Super Bowl commercial? Wasn't going to air that much more? Yeah, no, I mean it's still online, but like they they yanked it from any future you know TV airings or whatever. Um, but. The fact is, is that this this DUI happened in November, way before the Super Bowl. The commercial was in the can, I'm sure, and they had already paid the ad spot to the Super Bowl. So it's like if they knew about this in November and they didn't say anything and they just held on to it because they didn't want to like waste their millions of bucks to you know for the Super Bowl ad. It's like they had to have known, you know what I mean? It's like no, they're 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 compliant. Yeah. So if they believe in it, then you're compliant. And you didn't want to lose money, or you don't believe in it, and you didn't know. Right. And that's bullshit. But the bottom line is, he wasn't drunk. He was under the legal limit. Right. So now he's got to go to court he, and he, fight it and all that shit. He got busted on a technicality. I'm that poor fan probably feels terrible. Right. But, yeah. Who's the fan that gave him the shot? Like that. That's got to be horrible. And then the, the the cop that fucking you know nailed him is just like, all right, who's this cop? You know. But um, but like the thing is, is like Jeep. No one cares about a Jeep, dude. Right. Like the Tesla's taking over and soon everything's going to be self-driving. Jeep, you're going to be done. Like, yeah, it's so stupid. These corporations are bowing down to who five people on the internet. Like it's so stupid. Yeah, it is so stupid. They don't get it. That's what there's going to be a sweeping change of people that do not give a fuck. Yeah. They don't get it, man. They don't care. It's like there's a very small, percentage of people that make the noise and it looks bigger than it is but it isn't as big yeah now you're from cancel cancel culture only exists because people corporations allow it yeah exactly and and even if you get like named and you know someone did this someone did that like you know your agents dropping you you're canceled from a campaign it's like all right you know it's like what are you supposed to do you know you can't you can't even you can't even go out there and um even if you know, even if it's just a rumor, you there, there's no evidence, and you, you you're screwed pretty much. Um, you're from uh, Philly, right? Jer- Philly, Jersey area. Originally? Philly, not Jersey. F- Philly. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm from North Jersey, um, so I knew. I thought you were East Coast. Yeah. Um, that's cool. So, so you have a new movie coming out, right? Called Last Call. Is that correct? I do. I just saw the trailer right now. It's awesome. I yeah, it looks, people. it looks great. You and uh, Jeremy Piven. Yeah, it's me, Jeremy. It's it's Zach McGowan, Jeremy, um, Taryn Manning, Bruce Dern, nice. Jack Gallagher is a great actor, uh, Kathy Moriarty, Sherry O'Terry, it's yeah. a great group. Does this take place like like in the area that you grew up? In Philly? Yes, dude. So it's a crazy story. So it was um kid I grew up with, uh he was a little younger than me. And, you know, we grew up okay, not, like, super wealthy, but not, like, super broke either, so kind of in the middle, I guess. And he was just a normal kid, but he was a super, super gifted athlete. And um, 
he was always the kid that was like a freshman starting varsity on baseball, football, stuff, basketball. He was like a three letterman. And anyway, by the time he was like a four year starter, by the time I remember seeing about him, I was already in LA. He had gotten a full blown scholarship to Cornell. Mm. So he was, he was the starting quarterback for Cornell and they're probably, I guess not as competitive in the sports, but they're known and, but it's the greatest business school. And he became very, very, very successful. He's just one of the most successful people out of Philly. And he's a true, true Philly guy. It's upper Darby. Which yeah. He renamed it Darby Heights. And he, he is, he wrote a love letter to the city, which grew up and raised him. And then his, my, my like best friend, John is his cousin. And he's like, yo, Greg wants to make a movie. And I was like, okay, everyone says that. Yeah. He's like, he like wants you to be in it. And I was like, okay, well, great. Have him send an offer. And then he sent like a really good offer. And then I read the script and it was really good. That's awesome. And then I was, and then he just, he put the whole cast together himself. Really? And he got a great cast. Yeah. yeah and he, and he, ra- he put the money in himself and he's like, look, I'm going to make this movie. And, you know, he just sold the IFC. He's a real, he's an inspirational guy. He just That's does. awesome. So did they film it back where you grew up? Did they film in the actual location, the area? Uh, we should have. No, you know where yeah. we filmed it, bro? We filmed it in uh, Canada. And, um, no, <laughs> no. And, um, fucking uh, Newark. Ah, that's the <laughs> area. That, that That's the area that I'm not from Newark, but I'm from a couple towns Dude, over like Montclair. Yeah. We fucking filmed it yeah. literally behind like the airport. We stayed there for like three weeks, but we'd film all day yeah. and just pass out in our hotel. But my, yeah, it was my, like, you can't go anywhere. I had to get no, a car because it's dangerous. But, like, they have an amazing <laughs> bagel shop. An yeah. amazing, that's a couple amazing restaurants. Like Newark has some dope restaurants. And there's a whole like burgeoning scene in Newark, but then we filmed a little bit back in my hood, but yeah. most of it was in Newark, Newark, New Jersey. Yeah, yeah and it was yeah, great. I yeah. mean, Newark had like oh, there's a, a lot, lot a lot. On. You know what? A lot of films, and my my good friend uh, runs the uh, New Jersey Motion Picture and Film Commission. Uh, he was on set. Dave, Dave shown it. He had a big mustache, a curly mustache. I think so. He's in charge he, of it. I'm interviewing. He's I've he, known him since I was a kid. He's a great guy. Um, he that Newark had a lot. They were very, very. Um, they were welcoming. Yeah, they um, they have a great tax incentive in New Jersey, so a lot of shit films in Newark, like the like Joker filmed in Newark. That was like Gotham City, like all that stuff. Like, so it's it's always doubling for like New York or yeah, some other you know urban kind of city like environment that is way more expensive. Uh, but you could shoot for in Newark for cheap. So. New Jersey's a great. I mean, that's where I'm from, so I'm always like proud. I'm like proud filmmaking New Jersey. That's where it all started, filmmaking with Edison and stuff. So I'm always like, I'm a big. It geek. did. Yeah, I'm a big geek with that shit. When uh, when did it start? Uh, Edison invented the first motion picture camera back in the. Eighteen uh, or nineteen hundreds. Uh, I'd have to fact check that. I don't know. Um, and it was in New Jersey. Yeah, New Jersey. The I don't of- think of Hollywood being started. Then Montclair, but maybe <laughs> it wasn't Montclair. West Ar- uh, Camden Wood, West Orange, New Jersey, is where Edison resided. Um, let's see. I mean, I can. What year? Let me see. West Orange, Edison. 
Dude, Camden, bro, that's hard Cam- to get oh, a Cam- job. Camden is, uh, yeah, that's that's bad. That's 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 gangster. That's that's closer to Philly area. Yeah, Camden. Um, yeah, well, that's cool. That so so was it cool? Like, to, yeah, do a movie like you know about like the area that you kind of grew up in and stuff. Yeah, but it's sad because you know a lot of people I know aren't there anymore, and there's been some deaths and right, stuff right. and. But it was nice. My brother came down, and then my friend came down, and so yeah. we we relived some memories. It was nice. Yeah. It, you know, it, it's uh, I got a lot of you know. Where is this? Is this movie? Is this area. movie going to be on? Um, you know, we can rent it on on demand and stuff like that. Is that where, is that where it's going to be? It's coming out March nineteenth, mm-hmm. and it's coming out. I think like Directv has that program where you can buy the right. movie now, video on demand, and then I think. Yeah, and then I think it's going to be on all that, and then I think it's going to be on Prime and different stuff. Sweet. Um, here's a question for you. Um, if you had your name on a product, like Jamie Kennedy's blank, what would it be? Like in store shelves, like across the country. Dude, I actually got something right now. People are having me be the ambassador for um, a sanitizer. Jamie Kennedy's sanitizer? S- no, it's called, just stay with me. It's called Jizz Off. <laughs> but stay with me. All right, all right. Because these ladies are from Philly, and they're really smart, and they're cool, and they're like, yo, ew, this stuff has got schmutz on it. It's got germs. It's got it's, it's like jizz, but it's not. But we know what we think jizz is, and my like, when I used to rap, people called me jizzy. So, like, jizz off. And so that's what it is. So jizz off? I actually, jizz off. <laughs> but it's sanitizer. So it's sanitizer. It's just really called Jizz Off. Your, yeah, you can go to jizzoffproducts.com. And Jamie get Kennedy's Jizz Off. <laughs> <laughs> Is your face on the bottle? <laughs> uh, right now it's not, but it's on a carton. So it's like... <laughs> That's sweet. I like but, that. I mean, hey, That's pretty I'll good. start with sanitizer. And see. Yeah, man. Why not? That sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's the worst job you've ever had? Man, dude, that's hard. I've had a lot of shitty jobs. I mean, it can be way before you made it and all that stuff. You know, think back. I think one of the hardest jobs. I had fun there, but it was hard. It was uh, on 69th Street. That's in Philly, and there's a place called Kresge's. Kresge's. And Kresge's was like the junior version of Kmart. So it was like a Philly version of Kmart. It was of that corporation, Uh but it was spelled like Cressages. And, uh, my boss came in and, uh, I was making like three, five or four, 10 an hour. I remember, I think it was four, 10 an hour, which was pretty good. Yeah. It was like 85 maybe. And he said, uh, he, he said, you know, your job is to clean up the ice cream trays, uh, take out the trash, mop these aisles, right. blah, blah, And he goes, uh, get used to this. And he hands up like a uh, scraper. And I said, what do I do that? I'm not here for painting. He's like, oh, no, it's not for painting. <laughs> I said, what? And he goes, do you see all the black dots on the floor? And I said, yeah. And he goes, you see that lady chewing gum? And he said, yeah. And he goes, that's not part of the tile. And he goes, 
get to scraping. <laughs> and so if you, I mean, people don't remember this, but in the eighties you could smoke in stores and put it out. Yeah. You could chew gum. People always chewing gum. People put chewing tobacco and spit on the floor. Like people were fucking crazy. They just did whatever they and wanted. So, yeah. So like there was a ton of bubble licious. So yeah. every time you see black on the, Little black mounds of shit. That was gum. That was and gum. And I was the guy that scraped it up. Yeah, yeah. I was in fucking ninth grade. Uh, but hey, it taught me humility. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think I think everyone has to have a job of that caliber at some point to really appreciate, you know, whatever they have currently in their life, um, or look back on it and learn from it in some weird way, or write a comedy bit about it, or whatever. You know, it's 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 all part of it, and. um it's it's always interesting to to hear people's uh, stories of that when they were growing up and had a job like that. I I always find that fascinating. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Um. All right. And what's 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 your favorite movie that you've done? Do you have one? Dude, you can't ask that. You can't. Why not? Because I don't have just one. I just multiple right. movies I really like. All it's right. too- what about the experience <laughs> making it? Is there a favorite experience? Um. I had some good experiences for different reasons. Mm-hmm. I would say probably one of the funnest um, <laughs> one of the fun one of the funnest movies I ever did making was Boiler Room. Boiler Room? Yeah, right. that was really fun because that was with all young actors. We we're yeah. all cocky. We we're all coming up in the game, and we all had per diem, and we took over a hotel in New York City for eight weeks. <laughs> and it was just that we living what we. Yeah, it was. What we year was that again? Ninety nine. Ninety nine. Oh yeah, I gra- we that's when just, I graduated high school. <laughs> yeah, and so we would go stay in the city, and then yeah. every day go to Brooklyn and film. And, that was fucking amazing. And then I would say Bowfinger was like summer camp and education. That's my favorite movie of yours. Like the, the, the ense- wow. ensemble part that you're, you're in. I mean, I, dude, I, that's such an underrated, so underrated. That's an, it's yeah. an underrated super gem, bro. I saw that in the theater, I think three times as a, as a uh, senior in high school. I think I was when that came out. And really, and I was like, I was, I mean, I love Steve Martin. I mean, I'm sure working with him was amazing. Um, is that on one of your top, Incredible. top of your list? working with Steve Martin. It's gotta be and Tim and Eddie, dude. Yeah. That was a Mount Rushmore moment for me. Yeah. And to just be a fly on the wall on that set and just, we just took over LA. Dude. We shut down freeways. Yeah. That was like boiler room was fun for like awesome, you know, being like doing what you want with your boys and taking over New York. Bowfinger was like amazing for being like in the hall of with hall of fame comedians and and filmmakers and just like being a part of something that just was so big and just took over LA. We could do whatever we wanted. The the doors just parted and And that's like, yeah. And that's like another, that's another great LA movie that is totally underrated. Like, just the fact like me as like a young filmmaker, I was like, Oh my God, this is, this is how I make movies now. Like still it's like, Oh my God, just get someone to be in it. You know, like, <laughs> like get the shot pretty much. You know? So it was, always, I always appreciated that. And I thought it was just amazing the way it was written and the, the ensemble cast. And yeah, 
you and uh, Steve and Eddie are amazing in it, and it's just such a fun. It's, it's crazy. A, it's a good time. I was in it. I should keep. I wish I kept in touch with people more. Like it was yeah. just so. But that's what it is. I mean, some of these things you do, yeah, and yeah. you get a friend for life, and then you, you make this thing, and then you, everyone goes their own ways. And it was, but at that time, it was a whole summer, man. Yeah, it was like four months. Frank Frank just, Oz, another underrated director, I think. Incredible. He's he's amazing. incredible. Plans knows exactly what he wants. Has yeah. all the great timing in the world, but also will let you play. Yeah, and have a lot of freedom. Yeah, really fantastic. I mean, he's made some great films. I mean, totally underrated in my in my opinion. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, it's just it's just such a fun such a fun ride that movie. Um, I remember when I moved when I moved over here to Hollywood because I used to live over in West Hollywood. I was like, oh my god! The I looked up the Bowfinger House, the Bowfinger International Productions House. It's right around the yeah, yeah. And I didn't I didn't realize that. And I looked it up, and it was it was like on Google Maps, like it was like noted there. And I was like, oh, I gotta go check this out. So I like drove up the street and then drove down that street. And I was like, oh, there it is. And it's like totally. I mean, the last time I drove past it, it was still there, but it like looked totally like, you know, like it's gonna fall apart any minute. <laughs> It's, it's just awesome. fake. It's just, it's just vacant. There's like no, there's no one in it. I mean, now there's probably homeless people living in it, like squatting. But like, it definitely yeah. was still there. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like that was like, because I, I always would, like when I first moved here, like 20 years ago, I was like, oh, I gotta go like drive around to all the, you know, locations where they filmed all my favorite movies and stuff. But that was one I had not seen, and I was like, oh, I'm right, I live right here now. I gotta go check it out. <laughs> yeah. So that's a that was a good memory, man. Yeah. All right. Well, Jamie Kennedy, um, thank you so much for being on the I'm an Asshole podcast. Um, I appreciate it. Um, pretty much uh, how we end this show with everyone that comes on is they just say, uh, they say their name and they say, I'm an asshole. And then they uh, they go in peace. <laughs> okay. You ready? I'm ready. I'm Jamie Kennedy. And I'm an asshole. There you go, folks. Jamie Kennedy, and he's an asshole. <laughs> All right, Jamie. Well, I want to thank you for taking the time to be on the show. I uh, really appreciate it. Check out uh, Jamie's uh, YouTube page um, and his podcast and his new movie, Last Calls, coming out in March. You can order that on video on demand. Um, Hate to break it to you is the pod. Hate to break it to you with with Jamie Kennedy. Subscribe on uh, on uh, Apple Podcasts and all those places. Um, and uh, it's all it's also what the 16th anniversary of the Son of the Mask, isn't that correct? Today, today is the 16th anniversary of Boiler Room. Today, oh, both they of them both came out today. Isn't that oh, cool? Wow, they both came out at the same time. Uh, different different years. years, yeah, yeah, yeah. the all same right. day, yeah. yeah. Son of the Mask, yeah. So, so revisit that. That that's also an underrated. There it is. There's the poster right there. Also, yeah. also a great film. Uh, a lot of fun with that one. Um, I'm gonna have a to, lot of people. That, I'm doing a YouTube video about it. There's a lot of mixed emotions on that one. But hey, I'm, the, gonna, hey, all I'm gonna the scenes. I'm gonna have to rewatch it. I don't think I've seen that since uh, since it came out. Um, but yeah. I remember I remember laughing at it. Um, all right, Jamie, thanks so much uh, for being on the show. And uh, remember, folks, don't be an asshole. But if you are, talk about it and laugh about it. We'll see you next time.